Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Here we are, Drew and Tim with you. We're so glad you're here joining us. And we're in December, believe it or not, this year has flown by. And so we want to talk to you today about how to keep Christ in Christmas. Can you believe we're here, Drew? It's December. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the year's flying by. I am incredibly not prepared. And it's great. It's great. It's a good feeling. Every Ready year, we're like, man, this year, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> it just sneaks up on you, man. It's nuts. And like me and my kids, we start counting down, I think, you know, like six months to go and just like casually talking about it. And it seems like, all right, six months to go. And then all of a sudden, it's like two months. It's here. You know, like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like once you start hitting yeah. the holidays after summer, it's just there's no stopping it. So, right. And if I didn't have kids, like, I'm not yeah. sure that I would be aware that it's even happening. Right. Probably. Like they they yeah. keep it in, they keep it in front of me very well. Yeah. <laughs> like you start to see like days. decorations and stores right. have stuff, but yeah, it's not top right. of mind like it is when you're a kid and it's so exciting. And that's why we want to have this episode is because as we are yeah. eyes on Jesus, you know, how do you keep your eyes on Jesus during a season that's about him? Right. And can right. turn into so many other things. And so we want to talk through some things we do, some good tips that maybe we don't do, but should do. And so we want to put them before you to kind of analyze this next few weeks or whenever you're listening to this, going into the holiday season of what your priorities are going to be, because just as it can get so busy leading up to the season, Christmas can be gone literally before you know it. And you're here at January 1st being like, all right, here we go. Another year. And so we want to take advantage of all the time we're given. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We want to make sure that we're living in the moment and enjoying the blessings we have that Christ has given us. And so this episode is not if you don't celebrate Christmas. This episode is not if you think it's a pagan holiday and you want to get in the comments and shame all the Christians who do celebrate it. This episode might not be for you, so you might want to tune us out because this is if you celebrate Christmas and obviously people can celebrate differently and the focus should be on Jesus. And sometimes we get that off. But, you know, if you're going to misquote Jeremiah to us about Christmas trees, probably not the episode for you. So I'll just say yeah, that up front. But it's practical, right? Like, I mean, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, this is just, there's going to be helpful advice in here that, that you can take with you. Now, will the habit specifically or discipline specifically gauge towards Christmas? Yes. But, yeah. you know, basically what we're trying to get across here is in these moments where everything on your to-do list can be Santa Claus, right? Like we got to get pictures with Santa Claus. We got to take the kids and go see Santa Claus. We got to get gifts from us and we got to get gifts from Santa Claus. Like when everything can be kind of about that, just like everything in life, we want to keep our eyes on Jesus. So that's the goal. Hopefully, uh, whether you, you know, celebrate it or not, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be something in here for you. You just got to kind of, you know, right. have that perspective. So that's yeah, it's more the critical spirit. Like if you're coming into this with a critical spirit, like I'm just warning yep. those people, right? Cause you can't let other people in have their fun and enjoy it. Right. And so if right. you don't celebrate, great. like do... I don't, I'm not shaming you if you don't celebrate it. Or if you're a Christian, you celebrate Hanukkah. Great. Awesome. Like no, no cool. shame on you there, but also respect, you know, people's convictions on what they want to do for the holidays too. So totally. And we should and for... do an episode on critical spirit. Yes. Wouldn't that be fun? 
Oh, I've talked about be. this before. It's so great because the critical spirit is not the same thing as discernment. And I love talking about discernment and discerning God's truth. And a critical <laughs> spirit is not that. So yeah, we'll, That's we'll not keep part of the it. burner. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. So let's jump into it, Tim. What you got? Yeah. So, you know, for me, I worked retail for 24 years. I've shared my story on that a little bit. And, and for me, the holidays was always the most stressful time of the year, which it is for many, but specifically working in retail, it is long hours. It is constantly peddling products on the shelves of people sure. trying to grab that just run in stress. They don't have the new latest thing. Like I grew up with Tickle Me Elmo's and all the crazy toys that were so popular for a season that people just went nuts over, right? They oh, even yeah. made a movie jingle all the way about, you know, parents going nuts over yeah. a toy. Yeah. And I, I was in the right. middle of it Arnold Schwarzenegger was in yes. that, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. yeah. And then they, they made a second one Larry that. the Cable Guy I didn't see. So I don't know if that one's a good yeah, problem. I didn't see it. But being in retail and the mindset, right, is just constantly about the next thing. So if you're in yeah. Valentine's Day, you're thinking of summer. If you're in summer, you're thinking of Halloween. If you're in Halloween, you're thinking of Thanksgiving. And as soon as Christmas comes around in retail, you're already thinking of the new year and eating healthy. And it's so funny because people eat healthy like for the first few weeks and then it's Super Bowl and all the junk food comes back out. And so you just constantly bound in these cycles. And for me working in that, in those cycles, having young kids, it was really hard to enjoy the moments. It was really hard to get my mindset on, okay, I'm not thinking about work now. I'm thinking about my kids and them just seeing Christmas lights and being enthralled by whatever, you know, yeah. sights and sounds and smells they're seeing. And I love Christmas. Like I grew up in a family that celebrated it with my mom, whose love language was giving gifts, right? It was something that we enjoyed, that we celebrated, that we had a Christian's perspective on. But for so many years being stuck in retail, I got stuck in the fact that I can't, I can't really mentally enjoy it. And so being that I'm out of it for three years now, I really try to enjoy the time I have with my kids, the time that we have that goes by fast, and really to keep Christ the center of it. Because when you're in retail and the mindset of working 12 hour days, dealing with crazy people that kind of make you question uh, the good of humanity, I mean, it can be really draining. And so if you're in that mindset now, and if you're in a, a crazy job during the holidays, I, I feel you, I, I know it's tough. And so a lot of the yeah. things we're going to talk about, we're going to have 10 practical tips that you may want to do or may not be able to do, but just listen to them and see if it's something that possibly you could incorporate, or maybe you're doing a version of it already. And if there's other options that you uh, do with your family, we'd love to hear them too. So the first one we have for you is read the Bible story with your family. This is simple. It's the best way to remember what our season is all about and specific portions of the Christmas story. I think that you can't just rely on the fact that uh, your pastor is going to talk about them. You can't just rely on the fact that, oh, we're in Advent season and your kids may or may not talk about it in their kids' classrooms, or they may not even be you know, engaged if they sit in with the sermon. Right. But as parents, it's your job to read that story with your family because that that ultimately is what it's all about. And even if you've read the story every year, you can still read it again because it's still powerful. Right. And now if you're a parent and you're like, this isn't usually me, right? Like I don't read the Bible to my kids. Like and listen, I'm not, I'm not like judging you and I'm not saying like you absolutely should. I mean you should, but like I get it. We're all at different places. We're all at different stages. Not everybody's like just breaking out the Bible and has that kind of, you know, confidence in themselves. But there are now so many resources through the Bible app. There is a kids Bible app now. And yeah. you can literally go to these apps and have it do it for you. 
You just have to tell it what you're wanting it to do. Yeah. And so I'm with you. Like we've got to be, we've got to be clear in our communication in our household of what the season is ultimately about. At the same time, you've got to figure out what's the best way for you to communicate that, right? Does that need to come from dad? Does that need to come from mom? Does that need to come from a third party, but we're going to watch it together or listen to it together? There, there's a lot of a lot of options out there, but the main focus, there needs to be a time, like you said, Tim, there, there needs to be a time leading up to Christmas where we go, hey, let's remember what this is really about. Yeah. And if it's just you, if it's just you and your spouse, read the stories as well. Read them to each other. There's yep. awesome Bible plans about Christmas, a 14 day, 28 day one, whatever you want to go through that kind of mm -hmm. walk you through that. If you don't know where to start or what verses to read, go to the Version Bible app. I guarantee you there's hundreds of not dozens of yes. Christmas Bible yeah. plans. Yeah. And so just grab that. It's a quick, you know, read in the morning to keep your mind fixed on, on that. And with that, the second one we have for you is walk through Old Testament prophecies about the birth of Christ. And this really helps solidify, I think, some of the nonsense that you hear online or people that don't accept Jesus as the Messiah when you actually put it to practice of reading. What often people look past is the so many prophecies that are fulfilled through Jesus. And this is a powerful way to build your faith in Christ because, you know, realizing that Old Testament was written hundreds sometimes thousands of years before the New Testament, and Jesus fulfilled so many that he couldn't have if he was just a man trying to be have a Messiah right. complex, right? And so there's a lot totally. of good books to study with that. The Case for Christ is a great one. It's not a Christmas book, but it's a great one to kind of show the probability of Jesus fulfilling all these things. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's just one, you know? Like, it's not like somebody showed up and was like, hey, the Messiah's coming, and then Jesus came and was like, told you, wouldn't that be something? No, we're talking about hundreds of times people said something, used imagery, spoke specifically, spoke generally, spoke to the time, spoke to the culture. Like there's all these different examples. And then when Jesus came, instead of being like, yeah, I'm told you, I'm the guy, he showed up and said, I'm here to fulfill all that. Yeah. And things that he would not have been able to know about and spoke to things that he would not have been able to know about unless he was aware of it. Yeah. So it's wild to me that people are still on this, this belief of like, no, nah, Jesus was just another guy. He was just a regular dude. And, and if you believe that, that's cool. Dig him up. Yeah. Like, just dig him up. Show me his body. And if you can do that, like we're set, you show me Jesus and like dead, you show me him dead. And I'll just be like, well, now I got a lot to think about. Yeah, just like Easter revolves around, you know, the resurrection. Without the resurrection, we wouldn't have Christianity. And, and during Christmas, right? Without the birth of Christ, we wouldn't have a we Messiah. We wouldn't have anything. Either. What are we celebrating? Yeah, what are right. we doing? It's crucial to recognize the fact he was a real man that came to earth that was incarnate and, and still is a man. And, you know, there's so many people that even deny the fact that Jesus existed, which is crazy for me because it's one thing to, not claim he's the Messiah or rose from the dead, but just to claim Jesus never existed when there's so many extra biblical sources that prove that as well, it, people are just in denial. And so that's why we need to remind ourselves of the truth of the Bible. And it was cool. I listened to, and I can't speak to it exactly, but there, I listened to the Remnant Radio podcast and they had a guy on who talked about Dead Sea Scrolls. And there's like patriarchal books from written from Jacob's sons, the 12 of them. And a lot of the, the data in those books, which are obviously extra biblical, not inspired word of God, sure. but part sure. of the Jewish history, 
uh, a lot of the Jewish history revolved around them expecting a Messiah that would come and be sinless and die. And a lot of other prophecies that aren't even in the main, aren't even in the main ones in the Bible, which are true, all we need. But at the same time, the Jewish people were expecting this Messiah around mm -hmm. the time he came, mm -hmm. because from Daniel's right. prophecies, if you factor those out, it was about four BC or, or so when they expected the Messiah to be born, which is why the wise men, you know, sought him, which is why right. Anna and, and Simeon were waiting in the temple for the Messiah. I love their stories because they're just faithful, right? God's silent right. years, right. 400 silent years, which God was not actually silent. He was not just taking a nap, like, but that's not when we have right. inspired scripture during those 400 years. But the Jewish right. people for 400 years were waiting for the Messiah. Like they knew he was coming. They knew the prophecies and they were waiting. I mean, think of 400 years. That would be, you know, the 1600s for us, you know, for nothing to happen right in, in the realm of God speaking knowing a Messiah is going to be coming from 1600, it was told. And now here we are, be like, okay, yep. any day now, right? Any and so day. there was this any anticipation, day. right? And so when you put in perspective of people that were actually waiting for years and hundreds of years right. for the Messiah to come, we just read it in like one fell swoop and be like, oh yeah, years, dozens of years, hundreds of years. But actually living that out, I often think about is right. what was that like for people that, what was it like for Anna who was in her 80s? And she spent her entire life being in the temple daily mm. waiting, right? What was that like for just a, a normal Tuesday waiting for Jesus to come? And finally, right. God blesses her with the fact she's able to see him before she dies. Right. Meanwhile, we'll pray and not have an answer to our prayer like Amazon in a day or two. And we're <laughs> right. frustrated at God we'll give up. <laughs> for his timing, right? And we'll give up. We'll stop praying. I, I thought it was interesting what you said about just like biblical and historical evidence. I saw this guy, he was at a school and he was teaching about the Bible and somebody stood up and said, like, how do you, you know, how do you know this is true? Like, I, I get it. It's an emotional connection. It's a relationship. But logically, how do you know? And he said, if you were to stack up like paper to paper, laying down, if you were to stack up all the evidence that Jesus not only existed, but like was who he says he is then you could stack papers as high as the Empire State Building. Yeah. If you then wanted to do that for anybody else, Muhammad, like anybody, if you wanted to do that for anybody else who was on the same kind of, if you want to say, playing field, right? He's, you wouldn't get four feet high. <laughs> and I was yep. just like, okay. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's a good, that's a good perspective. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what, I'm, what I have found is that people who either deny Jesus don't believe in Jesus or say Jesus was somebody else. Yeah. Rarely have they done any digging on their own. Rarely have they actually given the other side an opportunity to speak or explain. And it's just something they've decided in their heart and in their mind that they're going to go with just to shut everybody and keep everybody out. Yep. All right. Next one is use an advent calendar with scripture in it. So this is yeah. not just buying an advent calendar of Taylor Swift or something from Target, but it's actually right with the little chocolates. Calendar. I want the yeah, the little chocolates. The chocolates are fine. Yeah. You can keep those, but do something. I used to, uh, okay. With... Did you have one of these as a kid with the no. little chocolates? Did y'all ever do we that? For my kids. My, but... my mom used to always have an advent calendar. We'd start at December 1st. She had 25 days and every day you had like a little chocolate. And I yeah. used to go in on like 
the third day of December and just wipe that whole thing. <laughs> I used to just crush like 25 pieces of the chocolate. And then I'd be like, yeah, no, I put, can keep, I get a refill? <laughs> we need refill, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But advent calendar is a great idea. One of the things that my parents did and now Brent and I uh, do from time to time is we will anonymously start doing an advent an advent calendar and in kind of a manger scene setup, and we'll take it anonymously and put it on people's doorsteps. Hmm. And so we pray and pick a family each year, usually one with like younger kids. Yeah. And like one evening we'll just drive over and we'll put like the angel on their doorstep at the beginning of December. And it's got like a little note with it that talks about like the star in the sky and what the heavens were preparing for. And then like the next week rolls around and you'll just like open your door and boom, we've put like three wise men there and it'll talk about how they traveled and what that looked like. We'll put shepherds there, all this stuff. And we tell the story and then leading up to the week of Christmas, that's when we put baby Jesus in the manger and all that. So it's like this, this kind of feel. So same kind of Advent thing, but using like something like a manger just for families with kids. But, you know, I think any of those kind of habits are really good to, to have in place. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Incorporating neighbors into it. Yeah. My wife did this yeah. with the advent calendar, of just not just candy in it, but little pieces that are representative of parts of the story. And I'm sure you can find that online and stuff, but it was always very intricate and took a lot of time, you know, and as our kids got sure. older, she's like, I don't have time for this anymore. Plus, you know, move on to other <laughs> stuff, which is totally cool. But sure. when they're young, you know, instilling that, instilling that is very important. I think so. The next yeah. one is watching a Christ focused movie. So you know, this is a cool option. I think some of us do this anyway, but also being intentional, I think, with what you're watching. And honestly, like, I don't know, I feel like I used to watch more Christmas movies when I was younger. We have a really hard time getting through just like the Christmas Carol. And there's so many classic ones that I want to watch. And during Christmas that oftentimes I don't, mm -hmm. but Elf, Grinch are always in there, you know, as part of the rotation. And we always. usually pick one of the maybe one or two of the christmas stories out of the five i think that i like and watch and then you know nativity story is really good jesus focused movie that came out i don't know when that came out but it's a newer movie at least and i mean even things like charlie brown christmas have <laughs> it's crazy that talks about jesus in it you know uh yeah. where cartoon like they wouldn't allow that today. anymore right nope what, what do you guys watch during christmas yeah, Elf is on the list. My the new the Grinch with Jim Carrey is my favorite, but yeah. but kids are still not quite old enough. They get a little scared of, scary, of Grinch yeah. when he yells at Max. <laughs> By the way, rumor that in 2025 there's going to be a Grinch too with Jim Carrey. Rumor. Yeah, interesting. I, I, they've um, never done a sequel before, have they? <laughs> I don't think so, today? and I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't really. I'm not really sure. Like what the sequel would even be but i'm if it's got jim carrey in it I'll, i will pr likely go see it yeah we i don't know that we have like set movies we watch i'm not to be like a party pooper here but i've there's a lot of christmas movies that i've never seen and i'm That's like cool. i don't know that i'm really proud of it <laughs> but <laughs> i've just never i've never done it like you know like miracle on 34th street or whatever like mm -hmm. i've never ever seen that the original, like all the original, like Rudolphs and the original Snowman, Frosty mm -hmm. the Snowman, all this stuff. Like I never watched them, never got into them, still haven't. But my wife loves those kinds of things. So she usually makes sure like the kids see all that good stuff. But but yeah, I, honestly, we haven't done the Jesus-focused, Christ-focused uh, movie 
And, you know, that's something, like you said, you know, when it comes to these lists, like we're not knocking it out of the part and doing 10 out of 10 here, but definitely yeah. something to consider going into this season with a five-year-old that I'm sure she'd enjoy. Yeah, there's the Star movie came out too. It's a cartoon. The animals that went to, I don't know if they went. Oh, I haven't seen this. Yeah, the stars. That might be good for younger kids. Cool. And older kids, nativity story. Definitely recommend that. But even like Christmas Girl, you know, has good principles in it, right? This guy that's yep. not generous that uh, finds out he should be. And so anyway, uh, just analyze what you're watching. And uh, like we always should, but yeah. especially during Christmas. So this one, this one I added, it, it's <laughs> love. And by love, I mean, really love the family love. members you don't like. <laughs> so mm -hmm. don't just, so yes. this is a time, right? When you may see people you don't see all year long, or you see them specifically for an event or whatever. And it right. can be a big stress for people. It can be the biggest stress of the season sometimes for being around family members that you really don't like, and you just kind of grin and bear it. But I would encourage everyone to see the image of God in the people that you call family or friends to see who God sees them as and to be the light for them, right? Many of our family yeah. members we have conflict with because they aren't Christian. So what a great time that we have during the holidays to show them the love of Christ instead of just getting into our arguments about politics or theology or what if you truly just yeah. cared about them? What if you truly asked? What if you truly showed Christ's love even though mentally you're just like, I can't stand this person. I wish they weren't my family. If you think that you have to overcome it because that's not what God calls us to be. If we're called to be, if we're called to love the neighbors on the street, we're definitely called to love the family he's given us for better or worse. Right. Yeah. When you step into your family's environment, are they rubbing off on you or are you rubbing off on them? Mm -hmm. And the goal would be that when you walk into the room, something changes, something shifts. And, and that can be through your kindness. That can be through your curiosity. That can be through your investment in their life. It can be through a lot of things. But if you walk into a room, regardless of who's in that room, and show love and show, you know, show essentially Jesus, then that's going to be your best bet for your family to go, yeah, you know what? Like we, this is going to be a, it's going to be a good Christmas. This is going to be a good time, good gathering. And it's not easy. Like it's certainly not easy, but. Yeah, it's a good mindset to have walking in for sure. Yeah. And sometimes you have to just get in the mindset that, hey, this is for three hours and got to make the best of it. Right? You know, <laughs> let's just got to mentally push through, man. Yeah, push through. Power through. Doesn't mean that you're, you know, you can be best friends <laughs> with these people and hang out the next week. But, you know, for the time that you're together and during Christmas, don't act a fool. And even if they do, yeah, you, know, you don't have to respond in kind. And I think that's often what right. we fear is that, oh, well, if they bring up this, then it's going to be crazy. And it's, well, what if you just don't engage? You know, right. what if you don't yeah, just uh, walk engage away. in the fight that they're looking for? Just be nice, be kind, try that. It's easier yep. said than done, I know. But all right. Next one is to listen to Christ exalting Christmas music. So a lot of times mm. we have Christmas music on and there's some great Christmas music that's not Christ exalting. And I love Christ many exalting songs that, Christmas music. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Mariah Carey and all that kind of stuff comes on and you just like, or, you know, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus or whatever. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. it's just part of our tradition. These are songs that come on the radio. But what if you specifically listen to certain songs that glorified Christ and, you know, Handel's Messiah is a good option. There's some other ones that talk about the Christmas story and I think is good to maybe intentionally listen to 
or if you're decorating around the house, maybe intentionally have certain yeah. music on that is Christ exalting. Because if you just listen to the Christmas station on the radio or a random one, it's going to be a mix of all kinds of stuff. And I do that. I mean, I, sure I have just, I have random Christmas songs on for sure. But maybe there's an intentionality in it where certain times when maybe you're talking about the advent calendar, maybe you are opening presents on Christmas Day, maybe that's when you are, maybe you create your own playlist of just certain yeah. songs that, that talk about Jesus. I'm sure there's lists online, Christ exalting Christmas music that you can find. And I know yep. when we hear them, we know the difference between, oh, that was really powerful because of the message behind it versus, oh, that just gave me the Christmas goosebumps, you know, or just I've heard this totally. for years and now I know what it is. Totally. And I wonder what it was like for you working in retail. And as soon as <laughs> Halloween is over, it's like, I don't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Mariah Carey is just like in your life forever. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan. So. Yeah, I, you can easily find playlists on Spotify. There's churches that put out, you know, worship teams that put out albums that are pretty decent. You know, it's Christmas music isn't easy. Chris Tomlin's remade like every song ever. So mm -hmm. you could always go that route. But yeah, I, that's important. I'm not saying that like, hey, this other music, like it's not good to listen to. Like we get it. Like, you know, that's part of our culture. That's part of being in America. It is what it is. But, you know, Justin Bieber and Mariah Carey shouldn't be the only thing you listen to. And Michael Buble. I do play some Michael Buble. Yeah. That's for sure yeah. around Christmas. But, yeah, definitely still got to have some worship music in the house. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, when a secular artist sings a song like, Oh, Holy Night or something like that, you know, and you're like, man, that's some deep lyrics. Do you realize what you're singing or are you just trying to get a paycheck mm -hmm. for a, a Christmas album to have on your? Yeah. Well, list? I mean, these but, days, yeah, these days there's a lot of Christian artists that are, you know, getting a paycheck and not necessarily pointing you to Christ, but that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> All right. How to keep Christ the center of Christmas. Number seven is remember the dangers of materialism. So don't let yourself get sucked into materialistic trap that exists during Christmas. If you're a parent, it's especially important to make sure you engage with your kids at a young age to help them understand that the focus is not about just having more possessions. And you know, this goes back to how I started it is to be in the consumeristic mindset for so many years is to see that, oh, this that's really what this is all about is just finding deals. You know, uh, man, Black Friday is another thing that, you know, I had to deal with just insanity. And thankfully, that kind of died over the oh, last yeah. few years I worked there. But at least in the man, 2000s, 2010s, it was just a huge event that people would go nuts over. Right. We've seen the videos online of people just fighting over TVs. And I've been a part of those mobs, not quite as bad as Walmart, but still with that mindset of, you know, this is what it's all about. And that's even what the Grinch says, you know, this is what it's all about. That's not about Christmas. So I would just say, you know, materialistic focus will happen because it's just a part of the holiday. If you're celebrating Christmas and your kids are asking for presents and you give presents, I mean, that in and of itself means that it's kind of happening. Now, the focus yep. of what you talk about on Christmas, of help, helping your kids understand that why we do this, why we give presents, you know, if you do Santa or not, you have to incorporate Jesus into the mix and how you do that's going to be up to you. But when we talk about the reason for the season being Jesus, you know, if you right. give your kids 40 presents and don't talk about Jesus, then uh, what, how, what are they supposed to think, right? What are they supposed to think when they just like, totally. whoa, this is a cool holiday. Now I just have all this stuff. And I'm going to ignore right. half of it tomorrow, right? Or it's going to break. Yeah, it, it happens quick. It happens really quick. How quickly your kid will get off of 
the thing that they got. I mean, it happens for us how quickly yeah. we'll get off of something. For me, what I try to do is make sure they understand how we're in a position to do this before we even do anything. So before we uh, open presents at my house, before we open presents at the in-laws, before we open presents at my parents, before any of that, we have the exact same discussion. And that is, hey, I want you to remember that you are a very blessed, blessed kid. Yeah. And it's because of mommy and daddy, or if we're going to mama and papa's, it's because of mama and papa. It's because of their hard work and the blessings that they've received from God that they are in a position or we are in a position to celebrate in this way. So I want you to understand that regardless of what you get, whether it's the makeup set that my daughter wants this year, the balance beam that my daughter wants this year, yes, that's a real request. <laughs> Unless it's, you know, my son doesn't want anything. He's just like, give me chocolate milk. I'm solid. I'm good. I don't care. <laughs> but regardless of what you receive, you need to know, like, as soon as that is slid your way and it's, hey, Rylan, this is for you. Hey, Levi, this is for you. You need to know that it's because of the person's generosity and the blessing from God that you're in a position to receive. And so we try to get that right out of the gate. It's also a really good opportunity, especially if you have young kids or some of y'all for some older kids. It's really a great opportunity to have them learn about gratitude and how to just be grateful in the moment, how to have some grown-up conversations. So we, you know, we have a very big time rule that as soon as you get something, you're not just excited to get it. You're finding out who gave you that, who is it from? And before, during, after you open it, you are thanking them, looking them in the eye and saying thank you, like genuinely yeah. looking at them, no matter their age. And you are standing up and walking away from whatever was given and you are giving them hugs and you are yeah. reminding them, thank you, like you're thank you for this. And so, it, you know, for a three-year-old, they don't get it, but they're still going to get up and they're still going to act through it because the yeah. number one thing that we can teach in that moment is gratitude. And so my goal as a parent is if I can beforehand remind them that we should be grateful to God and then during I can remind them we should be grateful to who the blessing is coming through. And I think as an adult, that's easier to understand in real time in your life that there is yeah. a blessing from God to a source that's then coming to me. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. I have a funny story. I, I don't know if I shared it before, but since this is a Christmas episode, when I was young, like really young, I think I was four or five, okay. I really wanted a violin. And so like a real violin, I was, I don't know why okay. I wanted it, but I really wanted it. And so my parents got me this cheap toy violin that squeaked and was just complete garbage. But the present said it was from Jesus. And so <laughs> that's, it kind of soured my whole, you know, it's like, what? Jesus gives these junky gifts you know like why couldn't jesus afford a real violin right so oh so no. that was kind of like the joke for a long time is like hey i could have been a violinist you know but um right. so i think i, but jesus I play piano later in life but, yeah so you might want to be careful what if you do label your presence as being from just if it's like, from hey, jesus is, it's got to be a banger it's got to be, be like the, the new bike is from yeah. jesus like it's yeah. got to be that it's got to be that 100 years a word of caution for parents out there. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, 
Let's see. All right, number eight, give Christ-centered gifts. So this is focusing on, you know, giving like a, a Bible to someone, giving maybe a Christmas card with the Bible verse on it. If you do Christmas pictures, maybe having your Christmas card have a Bible verse on it. Or sometimes, you know, we tell a little bit of our story of the year, you know, like a paragraph or two of what God did in our life which goes to everybody, you know, that we send it to and they get to hear a little bit about what God's doing. You can, I mean, people can always use another Bible or a commentary, yep. even if they don't ask for it. Yep. So, I don't, you know, faith-based gifts, you know, go to Hobby Lobby. I'm sure there's plenty, you know, that you could there's plenty grab. Of things at Hobby Lobby that say hope and grace and love yeah, and peace exactly. and joy. Yep. Right. Plenty. Yeah. I like the Christ-centered gifts. I think that's important. Also, you can... This is something that we'll do sometimes. If we have a non-Christian friend, ask what us or our kids want for Christmas, we will give them a Christian gift. Mm -hmm. That's good. So we have a couple in our family that is just, you know, I think deep down they believe that God is real. I think they have a tough time with church. I think they have a tough time with Jesus. I think they have a tough time with Christians and people in general. But they asked me last year, hey, what is what is Rylan want for Christmas? And I was like, oh, she would love a kid's picture Bible. She would love that. She would just love it. And they were like, well, where do we get that? I was like, I don't know. You'll have to dig a little bit. But man, that would be awesome. Thank you guys so much. And that was it. And sure yeah. enough, they got her a picture Bible. But what was awesome is after she got it and opened it up, she then like knew that they gave the gift and went and looked through it with them. Nice. And I'm like, see, that's like, that's it. That's yeah. what you want. So yeah, Christian gifts are great. And if somebody who's not Christian asks you what you want, throw out something that gets them looking in the right places. Yeah. And realize that, you know, your kids, especially if they're young, probably more than likely won't ask for gifts like, you know, something like right. a Bible, for example. And so that's where you just, right. you know, you sprinkle that in. It's not that you can't get in whatever toy they want, but, you know, get them a Bible. You know, we, right when our kids were born, we gave them a Bible with uh, their name engraved on it and stuff and a good kind of starter Bible. But my daughter just got a Bible last year that has like sheets, like every, I don't know how many pages, but just like throughout the Bible mixed in sheets that you can actually color. Like they're not just like children's coloring pictures. They're like really right. fancy. Oh, that's cool. Color that have to do with the story you heard more for like, you know, her age, she's nine. So. Yeah, there's some cool options out there and just see what comes to mind. All right, number nine, make the highlight of your Christmas serving others. Yep. So this is great because some families will go to, you know, like a soup kitchen or they'll give gifts through Operation Christmas Child and fill a box mm -hmm. for someone. That's what our church does. Many churches do that or something similar. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to go with your kids and say, hey, we're filling this box for someone. And this is what we need to buy. And you give them the yeah. option to, to pick stuff out and then you fill the box or maybe a local family that can't afford a, a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas dinner. And so you can pull resources together to get them stuff. Most churches will do something to this effect. Operation so Christmas Child, Samaritan's yeah. Purse, all that. Yep. Partner with your church, figure out what they're doing and how you can be a part of it and then get the whole family involved, right? Don't just write a $50 check for a family, like right. actually get your right. kids involved in being yep. a part of the process. Or, I mean, just pick a day and volunteer. Some people do it on Thanksgiving Day, you know, to volunteer at a soup kitchen or homeless shelter. I think these are just good ways to be involved and to really help going back to the generosity and understanding blessings, right? Uh, it helps us understand yep. our blessings when we see maybe someone that doesn't have what we have or someone that needs our love or someone that can use God blesses us to be a blessing. 
And so yeah. it helps your kids see that at a young age. And it helps even us as adults keep things in perspective, right? I mean, we know yeah. if we go on mission trips or if we do whatever, we get to see like, oh man, it's not just about me and my needs in a comfortable America, right? Because there's people in America and abroad that, that don't have the comforts that I'm, I'm used to. I love that. Can I share number 10? Yeah, go for it. This is my favorite one. I love this one. It's profound and it's something that I just think, I think it's going to blow people away. Here we go. You ready? Yes. Number 10, share Jesus with someone. What? 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 <laughs> so that means, believe it or not, that would mean that you have an opportunity at Christmas. You know, the first nine we talked about, these are things that you can do. These are things that your family can do. These are things that you can put in motion. If you are a Christian, there is not a better time than the holidays to share the story of Christ. There is not a better time. And if you are a Christian and you're listening to this podcast, let me just challenge you to shift your perspective, shift your plans from now until the end of the year when you're going, I've got Thanksgiving, I've got Christmas, I've got stuff I got to buy. I got stuff I got to do. I got stuff I got to make. I got stuff I got to bake. I got all these appointments. I got Christmas parties. I got holiday parties. I got church. I got that. When you're thinking through all the things, your number one priority should be sharing Christ with others. And I, I'm just telling you, there is not a better time. What an opportunity when you're around your family. What an opportunity when you're around your friends. What an opportunity when you're around your coworkers. What an opportunity when new people are coming to church because you have, you know, 14 Christmas Eve services. What better opportunity to tell someone about Christ than when they are greatly aware that there is something bigger than themselves going on. Yeah. And they know that as exciting as Santa is, there's something else happening. Yeah. And you have the opportunity to step in and fill that gap and go, hey, listen, let me have I ever shared my faith with you? Have I ever told you my story? Can I just can I tell you what better opportunity? And, yeah. and you get to the end of your story and you go, I just wanted to, you know, it's Christmas. I just wanted you to know this is what Jesus did for me. And he can do the same for you. And yeah. I, I just wanted to share that with you. I love you. And I hope you have a great Christmas. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like the how awesome and the amount of people that will stop and listen to a story like that in this season that's countless and you get to be that person so i guarantee you this out of all the gifts you get for christmas and out of all the gifts that you give if you share christ with somebody before the end of the year if you share christ with somebody and they just i'm not even saying they accept jesus they just listen to you yeah. i guarantee you that will be the most special and meaningful Christmas memory you have this year, guaranteed. Absolutely. I mean, if you invite someone in to your home as well for Christmas dinner, right, that doesn't have dinner, if you show the yeah. love of Christ, you will get filled up, right? It's not just filling up Absolutely. their bellies, like you'll get filled up by doing things for others. We experience Christ's love through that. And so uh, it's just a joyous occasion when we can do that. And the easiest way to do this whole thing is just invite people to your Christmas Eve service. Yeah. It, it's so easy. Get a flyer from your church. Just say, yep. hey, what are you doing for Christmas? I would love it if you came to our Christmas Eve production. And here's the times. When can I expect you? Like yeah. just non-pushy because 
people are more open during Easter and Christmas to come to church than ever. Absolutely. And so if they don't have a church or if, oh yeah, Christmas, like I used to go with my parents to Christmas Eve service, like maybe yeah. I'll give it a shot, right? Maybe it's just- We used to hold candles and sing Silent Night and then you'll mm -hmm. be like, we still do that. We still do that. <laughs> you can get the wax on your hand and everything. So, so I, 25 I think- 25 years uh, later, we still do it. We still do that. Some might have the digital candles now. We talked about doing that. It's not as cool though as the wax. Digital, ca uh, digital yeah. candles. And, yeah. It's not as cool yeah, as I mean, we, it. Are we at the point where we've done this too long? <laughs> I remember back when we used wax. I know we're <laughs> shifting gears, but I'm just curious. Have we done this too long? Have, is there anything else? Is there anything else we've done? In a church, obviously talking about Jesus. Okay, let's get that out of the way. All right. Yeah. I'm saying, is there anything actionably that we have done more consistently than holding candles and singing Silent Night for, I don't know, 65 years of ministry? Is there anything, like, I've we're never seen the, something like yeah. this. In 30 years, we're going to be the curmudgeon pastors. Like, I remember in my day, we had wax and we didn't have virtual reality church back in my day. We showed... <laughs> now we give everyone iPads and they hold up a candle app, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? The kids be like, get yeah, whatever. This is cool. This is hip. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. It's, I know it's a weird end to the podcast, but like, I just, we've been doing it so long. And everyone, I can't, everyone takes pictures every Christmas Eve, every Christian's Facebook post. It's like, look at all the candles we had yeah. in our Christmas Eve service. Oh, it was amazing. I'm like, yep, <laughs> I can picture it because I've done it for 50 years. You're not Let's switch stuff. it up, church. Let's switch it up. Let's figure <laughs> something else out. Okay. Don't act like you're 50. And Silent Night, I mean, not that it's not a great song, but slightly, unless it's Boys to Men, slightly overrated in the concept that this was a silent night, holy night, quiet night, still night. Like, dude, it's the story maybe of Jesus in the major we mix it up. chaos. Let's mix it up. Let's just Let's mix, mix it up. up. Let's yeah. mix it up. We'll take yep. pictures of everyone in there. I don't even know. Okay, we need to end because we're just... We got to. We're now <laughs> down the rabbit trail. We're down, down the it. rabbit trail. My bad. My bad. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. How do you keep Christ in Christmas? Do you do one yeah. of the 10, all of the 10, none of the 10? Do you have another option or something that we didn't consider? We'd love to hear yeah, from you. Yeah, I, I would love to hear like from our listeners. I'd love to hear what they do with their families. I mean, let's help each other out. And I'll tell you this, if we get some good suggestions, like we'll share it. We'll let our listeners know. Yeah. And email us at eyesonjesuspodcast at Outlook. Dot com. That's a great way to get in touch with us. You can also connect with us on all of our social media accounts. Yep. And we do have an Eyes on Jesus YouTube account now, separate from my account. So you can watch our videos on there as well. And until next time, go with God, grow in discernment. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show.